Smartcast. You are listening to a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hi, I'm Abhin of Call, and welcome to this edition of Mint Guru Portfolio. An IT engineer by qualification, Nuresh Mirani's journey into the stock markets began in 2004 while he was still in college. It started with a simple question: What is Sensex? Starting as a purely technical investor, Mirani expanded to fundamental investing after meeting many seasoned investors on the Wall Street. An avid blogger and educator, Mirani is a SEBI registered research analyst and the founder of a stock research firm Analyze India. Mirani shared his portfolio details, investment strategy and financial journey for the special mint series Guru Portfolio. Let's listen in. Hi. Welcome to Why Not Mint Money. a personal finance podcast where we help you understand basic money concepts and share strategies for you to build your wealth so let's get started on your money journey so if we can start at the beginning uh, with your family details your educational background so i'm an it engineer by qualification uh, got into the markets uh, in 2004 just out of luck uh, because most of my friends were from different streams and when uh, we have a vacation engineers others don't have one and that was the time my mama uh, my mentor ns kadai he had just turned full time into the markets uh, and he had just he had uh, been abroad for a couple of years before that and he had just become full time into the markets so i went to him and said explain me sensex ye hota kya that's how the journey started and then kept on learning from him then we kept on learning and then we started a, the whole progress together and after my engineering in 2006 worked in an it company for 5 6 months uh, quit and in since january 2007 i'm full time into the market so got into the markets like i said in 2004 out of just random luck uh, the curiosity started increasing because this was may 2004 and i had my mama and his friend discussing bjpi or congress i market greg and the next week you see a low circuit in the next two weeks there was the low circuit on 17 may 2004 so that is where the curiosity kept on increasing this can be analyzed and then i learned technicals from him and he had been in the market from the 1990 so he kept teaching me and i kept we kept on reading reading stuff on technicals etc and this continued the whole trial and error method from 2004 to 2005 mm-hmm. and then started uh, working on uh, all sort of training advisories by 2006-7 got into 2007 january full time into the markets quit my it job right so you started investing it in 2004 yes right from so trading and investing started from 2004 itself okay uh, and how are you investing what was the strategy like at that point that time it was purely technical in nature there was no other uh, type of analysis and say uh, the capital was really small so it did not matter the capital kept on actually coming into play only in 2067 when i became full time into the market because we are selling uh, advisory services as well as trainings etc and that was 2007 and luckily 2007 was uh, such a clean period did not matter so whatever you touch did really well do you remember any uh, your first stock that you picked i don't literally remember the first stock i picked but uh, started off with uh, apart from this we used to do a lot of ipos also initially in 2004 when i started off those were the times there was i think a ntpc ipo even a india bulls ipo etc 
apart from the equity part of it. And because I started trading, it was first mm-hmm. futures and options. So that is the reason uh, uh, the first stock buying is not very well remembered. So I started with futures and options, then went on to equities. Uh, and sir, you t- talked about your stock research services. Uh, if you can take us through that. So, so when I started in 2004-5, uh, that was the time uh, uh, the whole uh, internet thing blew up. So I used to write on Orkut communities uh, about technical. So I was learning, I was writing. So the first six eight months lost a lot of money. Me and Mama trying to do all the trial and errors, and then finally realized what not to do. So I started writing on Orkut communities. Then somebody suggested write a blog. So started writing a blog on nuresh.blogspot.com, which uh, was then taken. Blogger.com was taken over by uh, say Google going forward. Mm-hmm. Then was that uh, shifted it to WordPress. So I was writing on say on a speed of one article a day, and it is still it's no more one article a day. But that blog till date today has maybe three thousand plus articles. So that's how I it started. So we were doing a little bit of newsletter. Then people said, "Okay, send us services uh, in a better format." So we came to Yahoo Messenger as a mode of communication. Then people said, "Train us." So we started training. So a lot of the services uh, kept on increasing according to the feedbacks. And in 2007, we were doing sessions all across India, also on technical analysis, plus uh, services which continued. Uh, I remember in between we also had a BlackBerry Messenger group. Right. So various media, then bulk SMS, etc. So even today, like the research services, now I'm a savvy registered research analyst. Uh, we send a lot of our communication via email and WhatsApp. So social media has been the way of connecting people, and that is how I connected to investors as well. So what motivated you to start your own firm? So uh, when I started in 2004, right. Took the first hits really early. So as a 20-year-old, took the hits. 2005-6, uh, analyzed the markets. Could get a lot of things right because the markets were doing great. Plus, it was a trending market. By 2007, the interest was very clear. Working into an IT job, even while I was in, in an IT job, I was on bench. So basically, I was actually writing an article while I, while I was still working in an IT company because there was nothing to do per se. So by January 2007, in those five months, it was very clear where you wanted to be. And so there was the plan B was if it doesn't work out for a year or two, maybe end up with the MBA. Uh, but post that, uh, things were just uh, continued at a faster clip. Because if you remember, 2007 was a market which was one of the best bull markets, and then 2008 was the best bear market one could. Right. So you started your firm in 2007. Yeah. So. Mama started it in 2006. I joined him full time. So we started in 2006. I joined him full time in January 2000. So you talked about uh, some earlier hits where you went wrong. After that 17 May 2004 uh, crack, we expected another dip. So we would short, cover a short uh, and cover. But we did not get much of a dip and then finally by the end of 2004 there was a massive rally. But in that initial period we took a nice good hit. that it's not necessary to get a double dip and that is what has helped me till date that it's not necessary everything should get a double dip etc so that is where uh, took a lot of hits and then realized what not to do and then from 2005 onwards it it was all recovery time and that happened really fast because markets were also fast so when did you started seriously investing in stock market so in terms of uh, say 2005 to 2008 it was purely 
trading per se even though investments were made for a year they were all speculative in nature and when 2008 happened so all the companies which had really made money but i say there were companies where i made a 5x or a 8x etc some of those companies were delisted by the end of 2008 luckily there was a technical bias on the way down by may june 2008 i was very high on cash or almost uh, totally on cash so even the january 2008 fall was easily digested that is the time i realized ki, okay boss just because it's an education company it should do well those thematics don't work just because the company has a lot of real estate does not work so all storification of ideas etc and 2008 onwards i started meeting a lot of investors mm-hmm. so luckily i joined a google group called investment super group which is where i met a lot of uh, uh, very old investors and somebody say a kukuji vinodori and in those times uh, say used to have an annual meet also so that is the time i met neeraj marathe ayush mittal gorav sood etc so many of uh, uh, i remember the first meet happened in 2009 february where i met uh, 25 of us we met in every year there is to be meets and in those post that period when i saw 2009 when a lot of them really this stock ideas wrote them for 5x 10x in the 2019 recovery they are supreme industries ashana housing multiple names whirlpool etc so learned a lot from interacting with investors those who are full time those who are actually doing research those who are spending a lot of time and over the last 10 years 12 years that is what i have been doing so even 5 years back we ran a series called podcast called stockinvesting.com there we've done uh, axel podcast with devachish bhati shankar sharma for to dipesha and many such investors even global investors uh, even now uh, i'm more uh, active on investment uh, groups than on technical groups wherein the learning over the last uh, post 2008 is where i started actually looking at investing there you try to also understand fundamentals right and uh, say one of the points say, for example i came out with a tagline called chor bane more in 2015 1450 wherein it was all about looking at companies changing governances etc so that has been the evolution wherein uh, went from being a pure technical guy to trying to mix it all mm-hmm. and the learning has come from more meeting people rather than uh, doing a lot of book right so uh, what would be the current mix in terms of trading and investing would you say in terms of percentages so generally 60% of my personal uh, investments do not move as easily the holding periods are 6 18 24 months at times even more also right but the rest of the 40% will be moving and there will be leverage beyond it so 60% plus of the book as a investment does not move a lot 40% moves a lot and there is leverage deployed on the same uh, in the say research services or anything which i recommend mm-hmm. we do not recommend leverage but personally i am generally always leverage right uh, anurish can you take us through your schemes their construction number of stocks that they hold so uh, say in terms of uh, there are two types of research products which i do one is which i do on my own website wherein we run something called as a technical traders club which is where we run portfolios which are a little more diversified mm-hmm. basically the way we look at is a single stock should not be more than 8% allocation 
that is one we run where we run two different uh, say recommendations one is trading and one is say small cap say holdings so trading recommendations would have one to four months five months of holding periods generally and the small cap portfolio could have six to 18 months of holding period same way on the small case we run three different uh, say major small cases one is called as top 10 techno funda top 10 uh, value and top 10 insider trading so in this it is 10 stocks equally weighted so techno funda is basically where uh, the simplest logic is it is 80% technical and 20% fundamental because what happens is you like a stock fundamentally it should also filter on technical then only it becomes a buy so even if you like a stock fundamentally till the time it doesn't give a technical confirmation it doesn't come into the picture as easily so there is a more weight on technicals in terms of uh, say acting in terms of screening there is a lot of fundamentals i think then in terms of uh, the insider trading portfolios we run which is purely based on companies where there has been insider buying action as per bse disclosure so the universe is defined by this so you cannot buy an infosys if there is no insider buying right there has been no disclosure so the universe is defined by this and in these companies whichever the stock so insider buying criteria which we use plus a little bit of technical but the universe is purely insider buying you cannot buy say a company where there has been no insider buying. and top 10 value is something where it is more value based cheap company just purely you could call it cheap companies rather than value uh, so durish now uh, coming to your personal portfolio uh, how are you investing so uh, i'll put it this way uh, i'm always leveraged okay so there's a joke say i'm so bearish that i'm not leveraged that's the way i function so uh, generally always leverage across cycle right the leverage goes higher in momentum because in momentum so the way my personal strategy is to actually outperform in a big way in a bull market so that you can take a sharp drawdown over there right so i am 100% equities minimum case could go to 200 300% also that's the personal allocation and say personally i'm a more uh, riskier investor so a single stock can be 35% of my portfolio okay so a debt gold real estate and alternative asset class 0% if i don't consider real estate uh, to be part of my network as of now so what happens is uh, generally the cases so i have bought real estate couple of times in the last uh, few years one in 2017 and one in 2021 but it is sort of a diversification rather than this thing and given my equity allocation uh, the leverage always there the real estate you can consider it to be a not even a part of it so say if i have 100 rupees and say uh, 60 rupees in real estate i'm generally running at a 150 200% leverage because you can pledge your shares have a derivative portfolio running all the time and if you have options the nominal leverage is much much higher right so is there any range that you target uh, in terms of stocks in your portfolio number of stocks in your portfolio so see the way i look at it is in terms of the clients i recommend if you have more than 20 25 stocks right clients nobody any individual cannot remember more than 25 names all right forget about allocations after that so if somebody runs a 50 stock portfolio i can bet he will not remember the 50 stocks he'll ideally stay two more or two less 
so the ideal this thing is 15 to 25 so for example in the small cases we run we put it to top 10 because uh, say the small case investor may not be putting all his net worth into that fund so it's already coming in diversified with us then if we create a lot more diversification it just does not make sense but in all the other things we generally have a 15 roughly you can say 15 by 6 8% right okay that's the quantum i look at you should not be going beyond 20 in your personal portfolio also it's not more than 25 2025 right yeah so it would be much much lesser the cases my tail will be very long so there have been times where a single stock is even today a couple of stocks my are 50% of my portfolio right so that has that has been the case all through for me for the last maybe 5 8 years and the tail is pretty long so there could be a lot of 2% allocations which may eventually become a 10% allocation and i don't consider my derivative portfolio to have any allocation as such the derivative book run because that is uh, churning fast option cannot be considered that so the derivative part can, can be considered purely a, a speculative part mm-hmm. but in the equity portfolio which is uh, total for me it is uh, uh, Generally, I have had minimum uh, say one stock which has always been fifteen twenty percent plus. Of. In terms of uh, market capitalizations, how are you placed? Like uh, in your equity portfolio, what would be the percent allocation to large cap, uh, then mid cap, and small cap? So uh, say the portfolios are purely small cap to mid cap. If you take it uh, as per the CB rules, we are eighty percent small cap most of the time. Because anything beyond that 150-200 names are called small cap, even if it's a 5,000 crore market cap company. So that is the universe, and the trading part, which continues on the derivative side, it's purely large cap. So that's the way it is. So mainly small caps and mid cap. Okay. So if, uh, in the say research, so say for example, if we have a Ashok Leyland in the portfolio, in the recommendation list, it mm-hmm. can be called a mid cap also, but that is the largest company we have right now. Or last was an Indian hotel, but that's the largest company which is there for a longer term holding period. We may have a, say a banking report, then we have bought Axis Bank, but that is not as often because uh, that is the case. But you can consider 60 to 80 percent or even 90 percent more. Uh, now looking at uh, past performance, how has your portfolio performed over the years? Uh, you, you are 100% equity, so uh, how has the equity portfolio performed? Uh, on a longer term, we can look at like maybe on a 10-year basis, CAGR terms. So on an individual basis, it is very tough to call it because there is a lot of leverage used, right? But generally, closer to 15 to 25 as a band if you remove out the whole leverage part of it, right? So essentially, this has been the performance. There have been periods of time. Where a single year was 120, 150% also purely equities because it was all invested. I would say, and I don't do a CAGR number because there is always a lot of inflow, right? Because I'm not a not an investor who's uh, uh, purely getting no inflows as such. Mm-hmm. So basically, people say, "Do you have skin in the game?" I say, "I have body in the game." So I go to coma. I'm like, I don't get rashes, I get coma. So. A CAGR calculation is tougher because if you have monthly inflows, so anything which is saved goes into equity, unless my view has changed. So calling a CAGR is tough, but if we look at say roughly, it should be around twenty twenty five percent is what I would estimate without leverage. With leverage, it should be much much. 
any memorable trades they don't have to be big investments but in terms of percentage gains uh any memorable trades over the years so uh the biggest uh, the two trades which uh, or say two investments which uh, really changed the game was one in 2015 to 2017 was uh, i was invested in two parts one is agrochemicals which was bharat rasayan used to be a very large allocation personally i speak it used to be 30 35 percent of personal portfolio second was the textile segment so textile segment was uh, closer to 30 percent of the portfolio which is where kpr mills came in and you could even call garware waldorfs which is not exactly textile but technical textile so these were the three names which uh, ended up becoming three to five baggers in a period of less than two years and that is where the and this is a period of time where between 2015 to 16 the markets were flat a lot of these stocks did really well and then they went much more higher in 2017 these were the three major positions which actually changed the portfolio performance for me so you could call it textiles and bharat rasan and would you say uh, these are the three names that have contributed most to your portfolio or there are other names that you you might you want to add so say up till 2020 you could call this was the ones which really made the uh, difference Uh, and after 2020 any names so post 2020 uh, i also got out of this uh, i was also a consultant uh, research uh, head of research for a institutional broking house okay. so all sort of compliances in terms of personal trading went off so that is where my leverage utilization went up a lot so that compliance uh, went off so that is where uh, say derivatives contributed a lot more in 20 to 22 okay got it. uh uh and w- over the years one strategy that has worked for you worked for a portfolio and one that did not so uh the basic strategy which i say is uh, uh one is to for me it is buying multi year highs all right now buying multi year highs buying 52 week highs and in companies where you have just a bias on fundamentals So for example it comes say for example i've met you you say you like this xyz company this will keep going into my say tracking list so a lot of my allocations have come into companies where there has been either a research done by me or the whole circle of friends met over the years so basically buying good companies on technical momentum but buying multi year highs buying continuing to remain invested in multi year highs that has been the one second is uh, trying to be uh, deep uh, extremely deep value or say a statistical investor has not worked out yet okay got it uh, and any sectors that you are bullish on currently uh, and bearish on so uh, first it is banks which continue to remain bullish on uh, expected to be larger part of uh, the whole indian market cap you cannot change it second is hotels which we've been looking at there is autos which are there then there is pipe companies which are there which is very few of them but more so manufacturing related so i would call anything manufacturing so whether in that case we'll have a transformer company also mm-hmm. we'll have a pipe company also uh, we'll have something else also which is purely manufacturing right so we could call it capital goods and manufacturing etc so these are the places and Say autos, for example, if you take auto ancillary, it comes into manufacturing. Your auto play autos has a consumer side to it, but auto ancillaries do not have a lot of consumer side. To it. It's not uh, 
direct to consumer so manufacturing ends up taking a lot of uh, spaces in that sense mm-hmm. so does banks hotels and uh, manufacturing in a big big way. uh so nurish now coming to some personal finance uh, detail personal finance details how many months of emergency fund do you provision for so it's generally because i have a lot of liquid uh, net worth because there is a time leverage fee so i don't use more than 3 to 6 months i don't keep more than 3 to 6 months of emergency uh, okay and, and any particular form that you keep it in uh, it's generally in the savings account okay right or uh, extremely short term I don't okay. use any other. I don't use any debt instruments per se. Uh, short term, sorry. So it's uh, called short term FDs, basically anything okay. which I can access in a day or in a minute rather. So no mutual funds, uh, debt fund, and uh, no uh, gold ETFs, etc. It has Correct. to be as quick as net bank. Right, right. Uh, and what does wealth mean to you? So wealth means uh, first to be able to do what you want to do. uh so it's financial freedom plus the ability to say no ability to decide your time where your time go i would say time control is the uh you should have enough wealth to control your time then everything else after that the number is uh, then you are in the game uh, and how do you identify yourself as an investor so uh one thing i have understood after being a technical guy and a fundamental uh, uh, say enthusiast who looks at everything so i would like to call myself and shift myself to be an open minded investor open to everything so because we all make flagship mistakes we want to say slot ourselves into i am a trader i am an investor i am a growth investor i am a value investor uh, open minded open to all You could call it opportunistic, whatever way you want it. Open is the word I would rather use. Correct. Uh, last two questions. Uh, first is, uh, were you able to go on a holiday in the past year? Yeah. So I keep uh, uh, going for uh, shorter holidays. It's not been long holidays, and also for the fact that I have twin boys, they're four years old. So that has stopped a lot of holidays. Uh, so finally, I'll be going for a, say, a six, seven-day holiday in November. But okay. been through many 3 to 5 days uh, over the last uh, maybe post covid so even between the waves the nearest places whether it was mathiran or selvasa whatever we could go to between the second wave third wave first wave wherever we got a chance but matlab uh, i haven't gone beyond for a 6 day more than a 6 7 day trip okay so where is the next plan to if I, if, I, if you can share so i'm going to kabini uh, next month Uh, one lifestyle change uh, that you picked up during the lockdown that will become permanent now so during the lockdown uh, i say because i've been working from home a lot more so there were not a lot of changes in terms of uh, uh, say which came up as easily in terms of uh, normalcy so there was a point of time people would call me up asking how to work from home thanks so not a lot of changes on that side but uh, one thing which has come out is uh, to be a lot more on the where i call like covid actually hit me in terms of not being able to play a lot of badminton etc so make sure that uh, that again comes back so 
no lifestyle changes coming from covid but taking all the best parts from pre covid and increasing that time in your day right spending more time with my kids became a, a part of covid and it is still sticking out right yeah durish so uh, i think that's it from my side it was pleasure talking to you same that's it for today if you have any questions you can write to us at mintmoney@lightman.com if you want me to cover any specific topic DM me at at the rate Abhinav call at Twitter. To stay updated on this podcast, follow HD Smartcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and LinkedIn. To listen to more such podcasts, log on to hdsmartcast dot com or suno nee nazariye se. This was a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.